The Forum at 8 on SAFM. So, welcome to The Forum at 8 with me, Darshan Mudli. My guests today are going to be put to the test, and perhaps a very unfair one. If left to them, how would they save the mining industry and ensure peace, stability, and create an economically viable sector? If we're going to be unfair to one, we should be unfair to all. So, on The Forum at 8, we're asking you as well this morning, how can we save our mining industry? Over the next hour, these global experts on mining describe the situation that exists, their understanding of the challenges, and critical what can be done to overcome them. So, what do we know so far? In a nutshell, 44 people died at Lonman's Madakana Platinum Mine in Rustenburg last year. The violent clash among police and miners over spiraling wage demands and harsh working conditions tapped a vein of discontent among workers and a series of protests was sparked across the mining sector. Unions, management and even government have had to take a deep look at themselves and each each other to identify and rectify the problems. So, government says a mining sustainability pact has been negotiated to try to ensure a peaceful wage bargaining season which starts in just barely two weeks. The final document was expected to be released today, followed by quarterly status meetings for another 12 months. Is this the solution we've been looking for? Well, let's ask our guests if they agree and and what solutions they would unearth in the landscape of mining in South Africa. We'll start with Mike Russo, who's joining me in studio. He has over 30 years of experience in mining, in engineering and management roles. He's an executive director at Extrata Alloys and the current chairman of the Energy Intensive Users Group of South Africa. Now, why that group? Well, its members draw nearly half of all the energy produced in South Africa, many of them mining agencies. Mike Russo, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Dashan. My next guest was uh, named a young global leader by the World Economic Forum in 2008. He's also a former Oxford graduate and previously the head of Anglo-American South Africa. Kuseni Dlamini is making his way to our Pretoria studios. We'll say good morning to him shortly. But also on the line with us from Colorado in the United States now is Daniel Donovan. He's produced an article for Consultancy Africa Intelligence on the challenges and critically the solutions for South Africa's mining. He calls it prospecting for solutions, and it's the wee hours of uh, the early morning for you, Daniel. So thank you for joining us on the line. Not a problem, Dashan. Thank you for having me. Now, before we ask how, uh, I feel like we should first ask if we can. Is it possible to find a long-term sustainable solution in the mining industry? Mike, if I can start with you. Absolutely. Um, I think everybody would agree that, that it's, we, we have no uh, lack of solutions out there. What we have is a, a lack of commitment on the parties, and that's all parties, to put their shoulder to the wheel and implement the solutions that are in, in many respects so obvious to see. So the, the simple answer is absolutely. Uh, in the case of mining South Africa, the, the uh, solutions are pretty much all within our hands. We need to grasp it and we need to work together to implement them. I also want to ask if any of the solutions we are discussing are unworkable. Any of the solutions just aren't the ones that we, shouldn't have, uh, that we should have on the table. Uh, Daniel, I want, I want to ask you this question first. Is it possible to find a long-term sustainable solution, in your opinion? Um, I mean, I think based on the just geopolitics uh, of the entire situation, I think that they have to find a solution. Um, South Africa sits on, at least in the platinum mining industry, over 80% of the world's platinum resources, and platinum has become a very valuable resource for um, many different facets of industry, and therefore, 
in order to continue these facets of industry, they need to find a solution, and that solution needs to happen in South Africa. Uh, are any of the solutions we're discussing unworkable, things that we should throw out the window? Um, I mean, I believe that any solutions that come to the table um, have to be agreed on by all parties. It has to be fair for uh, the government. The mining industry has to be economically profitable, and the workers, of course, need to be taken care of. Um, as long as those parties are addressed, um, then I think that right now there's no solution that could be thrown out unless it doesn't address those three, uh, those three parties. So this is our forum at 8 today. We're asking you, how can we save our mining industry? You can tweet us, of course. Uh, our, our Twitter address is AMLive on SAFM. Put a hashtag in front of it if you like. And, of course, uh, we're asking the question, how can we save our mining industry? We already received a, a tweet from Kasatu today. They say, the mineral wealth beneath the earth must be in the hands of the majority, the land benefiting all who live on it. Mike, what do you think are the solutions? And, and I know we're going to discuss them in more detail, but are any of the solutions unworkable in your opinion? No, I don't think they're unworkable. It's an interpretation of the solutions that are on the table because what is happening is that people put pretty simple and clear uh, workable solutions on the table, and when the parties then start implementing them, they, they go in different directions because of the interpretation of what the solution is trying to do. I think we need to get back to, to simplicity where we start and talk to each other rather than just uh, uh, talking past one another and, and trying to get the next argument on the table. Uh, I don't think that the parties, and I include all the parties, are actually honestly talking directly to each other with the intention of getting those solutions implemented. There's still too much gaming going on. Kuseni Dlamini is in our Pretoria studios as well. We introduced him a little bit earlier on. Kuseni, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much indeed, Dashin. It's okay. a great pleasure to be here. Do, do you think we can find solutions? Uh, I, I just want to establish that we all agree that there are solutions that can be found and whether the, it's possible to find sustainable long-term ones, not things that just solve uh, the problems ahead of the, uh, the, the wage demands that we're expecting in two weeks. Yeah, I think the focus should be on long-term sustainable solutions, and I strongly believe, Dashin, that we can indeed find those solutions, and that we must indeed find them, and we need to go back to basics and really get the industry, labor, as well as government to really sing from the same hymn book in terms of talking about the industry, in terms of driving uh, production issues and also managing labor relations in the industry in a progressive and productive way. Mm. Should we first start with by, by talking about what is our attitude to mining? If, if we're going to look for solutions to it, what, what's the attitude from government and what's the attitude of workers? I think the industry is still seen as a strategic industry, as indeed it is. That's notwithstanding the fact that its contribution to the economy has declined over the years. It now accounts for about 5%. But in terms of employment, it's still a very important player, employing about half a million people. And if you consider the fact that one em employee may have 10 dependents, so you've got lots of people dependent on it, and there are also suppliers who depend on supplying the industry. It's systemically very, very important indeed, but its, it's importance uh, and role and contribution to the economy may be undermined if we allow it to decline. We dare not do that. Is it, is it going to be a source of job creation into the future? Daniel, I'd like to ask you that question. It's been a source of, of, of employment in South Africa. It has been a major contributor to our GDP, but is it going to be that way in the future? Um, I think right now the solution needs to focus more on um, maintaining the status quo. Uh, 
South Africa can't afford to let the mining industry crumble um, with the high unemployment rate that is already present there. Uh, a crippled, even further crippled mining industry will completely um, toss the economy over the edge as far as unemployment is concerned. So I think that it has to at least maintain the status quo for now, and then improvements can be talked about down the road. So if if you know if government does view that this is a source of job creation, who who really is growing up in South Africa that that wants to be a miner? Who who wants to work in what is being reported as as hostile conditions? Uh, you know, uh, ru- robbing you of your family life, working in the very deep bowels of this earth. Um, Mike, is is it something that you think we can depend on to solve our job creation, uh, our unemployment woes in the country? Absolutely. Just to pick up um, on a comment uh, by, uh, by Kuseni around the re- <coughs> reducing contribution of mining to South Africa, it's true in GDP terms. But actually, he did make the point, and I agree with it fully, that we've got to look at mining in the round in South Africa. South Africa is 100% dependent on mining and its minerals to grow its economy and indeed transform its economy and jobs. Uh, it is a fact that most of the tertiary and secondary sectors in South Africa exist to a large degree and in some cases totally because of the existence of mining. So whilst mining in and of itself directly, contribution is small. It is significant in South Africa. And to Daniel's point about maintaining the status quo, I fully agree with that because at the moment we are seeing a decline in mining which we cannot afford. That's only going to have the direct impact of a reduction uh, or a further um, uh, increase in our, in our negative balance of payments. We can't afford that because um, so, uh, we're trying to grow our infrastructure, we're trying to grow our economy, we need money to, to do that and we need, we need the, the revenue uh, 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 to basically start transforming our economy. So mining is, is crucially important and I think we really need to understand uh, its role as a dynamo of the e- economy in South Africa. You say it's crucially important but when we look at the situation right now commodity prices are down since the crash of 2008. The rand remains volatile. We know that the uh, platinum levels are no longer at $2,000 an ounce. They're well below that. Gold as well. Some experts are are saying that the price of gold is going to reach around $1,000 an ounce. Is it still profitable to be in mining when we start looking at the challenges? Yeah, I think uh, we've got to look at mining uh, in the long term. You know, mines are not built for for, for next year or the year thereafter. It's a long-term investment. Mining has been through these ebbs and flows before and will so into the future. And there will be a time when, when mining booms again. And South Africa cannot afford to be not ready when the boom comes. And the boom will come, for sure. So, so yes, the times are tough at the moment, as they are for everybody in the mining industry worldwide. So we shouldn't kid ourselves that South Africa is unique in that regard. Where we really are not doing ourselves a favor is preparing for the boom time. In other words, to try and get our costs under control and to get our, our people relationships up to where they should be. Well, Mr. Dlamini, do you agree that there's a, a boom time coming? Is there, is there going to be this next big thing in the mining industry that's just going to create jobs that, and everyone's going to be happy? Is that really going to happen? I think it will come, and we should remember that when the last commodities boom was in full swing, we didn't have our act together in, in terms of being able to produce as much product as we could have. And as a result, we missed out on that commodities boom. I think this is a strategic opportunity for us to prepare ourselves for the next boom, as indeed I think it will come, Dash, and, and we need to make sure that we get our act together. And I think mining, to the point you raised earlier on, around its role uh, as a job creator, mm-hmm. let's remember that Citibank did a study which confirmed that South Africa 
Africa has got the highest endowment in terms of mineral resources to the tune of about 2.6 trillion US dollars. I think that's a, an important asset that we should leverage and unlock to the fullest in order to drive job creation. For us to have these resources as we do and still have high unemployment rates of about 25.2% if you look at the restricted definition whereas we have got this opportunity it's really not excusable indeed. 21 minutes after 8 we're asking you on the forum at 8 how do we save our mining industry? We're going to take a short break. When we return we'll continue our discussion on what are the challenges and get our guests to answer that very difficult question. What are the solutions that they have for us? We'll also ask you the SMS now and we'll read those through 34701 cost you 2 rand. We'll also take your calls after this 0891104208. You're listening to the forum at 8. It's 22 minutes after 8. Free data just got bigger and better with MTN. You can score 4 gigs of free data every month on the MTN 5 gigabyte internet package for only 499 per month. It gets even bigger. Get 8 gigs of free data every month with the MTN 10 gigabyte internet package for only 899 per month. Free data can be used all day and all night. That's more Mahala on your world class internet network. Internet package is available on a 24 month contract. Conditions apply. MTN. Everywhere you go. At Harmony, we believe that when a mind is a mine of information, it is rich with opportunity. So we established the Harmony Bursary Scheme, which has kick-started the futures of many talented South Africans. People like Fritz van Sale, who is now a brilliant electrical engineer at our Free State Operations. Knowledge truly is the greatest gold of all. I am Fritz van Sale. This is my past. This is my place. This is my future. Harmony Gold Mining. Playing our part in building a better South Africa. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 23 minutes after 8. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. We're asking you, how do we save our mining industry? We've got three experienced global guests on our line. Uh, Kuseni Dlamini joining us in our Pretoria studios. He's the former head of Anglo-American SA. Uh, in the in-studio here in Johannesburg, I've got Mike Rousseau, who's the chairperson of the Energy Intensive Users Group, a main stakeholder that the mining industry. And on the line in the United States, in Colorado, in the wee hours of the morning, he stayed awake especially for our show, Daniel Donovan, and external consultant at Consultancy Africa Intelligence. Gentlemen, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, unfortunately, we've got the male bias on this show. I really hope our listeners help to balance this out. So give us a call today, 891 SMS is 34701. Let's read some of them that have come through. This one writes, um, it's Jay Nelspreit who writes, as long as the apartheid situation remains perpetrated together by white capitalists and black ANC elite will never solve this problem. Uh, this one comes in, I think it's Wendy, mining politics being used by government and allies to selfishly promote their agendas to the detriment of the country. Shameless use of miners as pawns. Uh, this comes in from Ronald, uh, Roland, rather. let's stop employing slaves, put machinery in and increase poverty. It's not only labor that must decide, the indigenous Africans must decide about their mineral resources that belong to them before there was government uh, Washington prescription must be stopped from Kosi Machetu. And this one uh, just comes in now. Ban unions and the chaos they cause and the things will go better. Of course, you can continue to send us your SMSs, 34701. And if you'd like to engage with us on Twitter, AM Live on SAFM and uh, a number of you continuing the conversation on there will ask you uh, exactly how do you plan to save our mining industry today. Hassan Logat is calling in. How can we save our mining community? 
community, you say it's not possible. Hassan? Hassan, I think we don't have Hassan on the line. We're going to try to get him back on the line. We have had a little bit of trouble with our telephone lines, but please do try to call in. We'd love to hear your voice and get you out on air. 891 our producers sorting out those technical problems. In the meantime, you can continue SMSing us 34701. Let's return to our guests. We'll, we're, we're unpacking the challenges, and uh, we do want to look at the solutions, but let's paint this fully. What, what is the picture when we deal with challenges? Are there any others that we haven't addressed yet? Mike? Yes, you know, we've, de- we've dealt with many things um, over the last number of years, so-called constraints to mining. But if we just quickly have a look at the issues, I mean, firstly, let's start with our resources, our mineral resources. There's no issue. Uh, um, it, is, it is well known that South Africa has an endowment next to none. So, so we can make a tick on that one. If we look at um, energy, uh, we're not doing too great on that, but I think that issue is being addressed, although it's going to be a bit uh, take a while, but nonetheless, it's, it's, it's being addressed. <coughs> if we look at um, the environment, uh, we are addressing that in, on a number of fronts, uh, uh, and, and uh, the legislation speaks for itself in terms of South Africa, some of the toughest legislation in terms of getting at least protecting our environment. We can do better for sure. Which brings me to probably the most important resource, which I think is by far the biggest problem in, 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 in restraining mining and also so-called affecting its sustainability, and that's the issue of people. And when I say people, I mean <coughs> all the players uh, in the mining game, whether it be government, whether it be employees, whether it be management, whether it be the, the um, investor community, or whether it be the society at large. And I think we're suffering uh, from a thing called a, a trust deficit in as far as that people are still using old antiquated arguments about apartheid and various things that quite frankly in the mining industry have disappeared to a large degree I want to bring Kuseni Dlamini in there Kuseni would you agree as as a former executive at at Anglo-American SA you headed up the operations here would you say the problem is the people we just haven't dealt with the people properly I think what we need is a convergence of views at the strategic level about the future direction of the industry and we need to articulate a vision that uh, really unites leaders across the piece. I agree with Mike. He's making a very important point. What we need is labor, business, as well as governments to really have an aligned vision of, for the industry so that when they go to investors offshore, they are able to talk the same language. Daniel, would, would you say this is also critical, Daniel, the, the issue of people? And is it that of the workers' condition that should be most prominent in these talks when we talk about the dangerous and hostile conditions? 120 miners died in 2011. That was in your article. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, for me, I'm a human rights advocate, and I absolutely think that's the number one most paramount issue. I understand that uh, corporations need to make a profit, but um, my opinion is, is that globalization has not only opened up wondrous opportunities for people, it's also created terrible travesties uh, for people as well. And I think the problem in South African mining with the average worker, the conditions, the pay, um, is directly the result of corporations becoming greedy and corporations taking advantage and not willing to budge for the better of the people. Daniel Donovan joining us on the line there in Colorado in the United States. Let's try to go back to the lines very briefly. Hassan Logat, you're on the line. Hi, good, good morning. Hi, good morning. You know, it's, it has to take an American guy, uh, an American-based person to raise the issues about 
debts on the mines, the, the external, uh, you know, external costs which these guys here just simply don't talk about. One of the things I've been lamenting on this program and other radio stations mm-hmm. is the voice of organized communities and disorganized communities are never very, very seldom are they heard on, the, on these programs. And the communities have uh, received a lot of promises from the mines when mining starts, and they say to these communities, we'll employ people from your uh, uh, neck of the wood. Very seldom are they, are they employed. Mining does not take place on the moon. It takes place in the community where HIV takes place, where shacks are surrounding these mines. You know, and we don't discuss this. When, when the mining charters, whatever the new agreement is, they leave out communities. Communities have had their own protests against Lawnman in 2011, and the organization I'm associated with, the Benchmarks Foundation, have done sterling work with others, Iandra and such groups, and they often ignored in this discussion to our peril. I'm warning that, really. Hassan Lagarde, thank you very much for calling in. Bringing up a relevant issue there, how is the community involved in these negotiations, those who live around the mines? Let's discuss the challenges and the solutions. It's 8.30 now. Let's get your news headlines with Carmen Reddy. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. We're asking you on the forum at 8, how can we save our mining industry? We started our discussion by dealing with what are the challenges there so that we can identify the solutions. We've talked about RAND volatility, the commodity prices crashing. We've talked about the declining growth rate, declining competitiveness, worker conditions, and really getting all the people, all the parties to talk. We've even dealt with the issue of energy. Is it stable and cost-effective for the industry to continue running? And, of course, uh, there's a number of other issues that we can still raise. Policy uncertainty, transformation has been raised as an issue. And is nationalization still an issue that we even need to debate? The president's ruled it out entirely. But I like what Hassan's brought into the show. He's asked us about the communities. How can they be part of the solution? Daniel Donovan, I know you say you're a human rights advocate as well. So do you think we can involve the communities and how? Um, I mean, I think the communities have to be a part of the solution. Um, the communities are surrounding a lot of these mines, and uh, their rights and their uh, conditions need to be taken into account when they're trying to solve any sort of issues. Um, I mean, I think first, the, the biggest problem from the labor standpoint is the conflict between the two unions. Um, there needs to be an understanding between the two unions, and they need to become united on one front in order to take on the large corporations that are um, that are dictating the laws within South African mining. So I think that's the first step that needs to come together, and I don't know how that's going to come about. Kuseni Lamini, what do you think on this? I think it's an important matter. We can't leave the communities out of the, this um, issue, and they have to be part of the discussions, and that's what is required when we are going, to, if we want to stabilize the industry. And I know that some mining houses have done an impeccable job in terms of building relations with communities. I'm sure Hassan, from his work, he can share some of the experiences that um, are, are there on the ground in terms of good practices. I mean, the companies that have been associated with previously had very robust and effective strategies of engaging with communities. It was a way of doing business, and uh, you could not conceive of mining without making sure that the community around the mine benefits. But it can't be done by one company. It needs to be an industry standard that all players in the industry embrace. 0891104208, the lines are open if you'd like to give us a call. Heine is calling in from the Karoo. Hi, Heine. Good morning. Good morning. I'm on my way to town. I've quickly pulled off the road. Well, thank you for I would like out. to know from that gentleman, yes. why is he not sharing his money and profits with the poor? Heine, thanks for your call. Why, why do you ask him to do that? Is he not entitled to, to earn what he earns for his industry knowledge and for his experience? Yes, he's entitled to it. But 
he must share with the rest of South Africa. Are you saying he must give it back to the community around Why the Why doesn't he do that? in the Karoo? It's an interesting question. Uh, Mr. Dlamini, you used to be the uh, head of Anglo-American operations in South Africa. Why don't you give back your money to the community? Well, one does give back to the community in various ways, and one has always done that, and one will continue to do that, but uh, you don't have to stand on the rooftop and shout about what you're doing. Some people like doing that, others don't necessarily feel comfortable doing that. Are there any other existing challenges within the mining industry that we haven't as yet uncovered? The, the issue of infrastructure is important if we are to talk about global competitiveness, which is the point that you mentioned. We are unfortunately far away from main global markets, so we need to make sure that our railway system is efficient and works very well. We need to make sure that our ports are also checked up and they're efficient and they, they work very well. If, if and when the next commodities boom comes by, as indeed it will, we need to really make sure that we have our act together in that regard. Mm. The industry has been talking about moving with the technology of the day, increasing productivity. We talked about industrialization of the industry. How is this going to result in increased employment, though? Are we going to see more people being unemployed because they just don't have the skills to work in an industry that has now high-tech machinery in it? There is an opportunity to create more jobs through beneficiation. While on the mining side, if mines are getting deeper as the gold mines are, you may look at technologies that can save lives. But on the other hand, you've got to push the beneficiation uh, agenda quite strongly because that's where you can unlock jobs. A country like India, for example, employs close to 800,000 to a million people cutting and polishing diamonds, and they don't have even one diamond mine. And if we can uh, make sure that we build the capacity of the local entrepreneurs, diamonders, to be able to do that here, we can create those jobs here in South Africa. Well, let's look at the solutions now. We've been discussing the challenges for the last half an hour or so. What are the solutions? This is the main point of our show. How do we save our mining industry, ensuring that it is stable and economically viable? Remember, the key issue is sustainability of this industry, not just a solution that lasts for two weeks or just until the next wage negotiation round. How do we ensure a a, a long-term solution for the mining industry? Daniel, you, you posited a couple options. What, what, is some, what, what is the main solution that you think we could implement today? Um, I think the, the primary thing that has to be examined, and, and when I looked at the SIMS report, um, that you know, state intervention on a whole was not uh, feasible. Um, however, I think that some form of state intervention needs to uh, be injected into the mining industry. Um, and like I said at the very beginning, South Africa is literally sitting on a gold mine. Um, they have so many resources that despite what these um, big mining corporations say, they cannot pull out of South Africa completely. And I think that's a chip that needs to be played uh, more of a power play for them. They need to, um, the government needs to institute certain conditions for these big mining corporations um, in order to protect workers, to ensure that um, the country benefits from this and to avoid any sort of corruption. And well, Mike is, Mike, is that true that the mining companies have very few other options? They have to come into South Africa. In the gold mining industry, for example, are there no alternatives when AMCU suggests well over 100% increases? Can they not go somewhere else? 
Well, if you talk about foreign investors, they're doing exactly that because of the uncertainty associated with mining and, and, and beneficiation in South Africa, which I think is, is unacceptable. We've got to solve that problem. We're talking here of sustainability. Let's be clear. Sustainability basically uh, is based on an, a, a compact and agreement with all the players, all the, uh, the, the people involved. They need to understand and accept what the issues are, which we did, uh, discussed earlier. What we can't afford anymore, and, and I've heard a few comments today already, is the blame game. You know, they're not doing this they're not doing enough of that or they you know we need to stop that the mining industry in South Africa has moved on to a large degree whether it is in safety whether it is in productivity whether it is in a, on, on virtually every single front and we need to recognize that and what we need to do is to talk to each other and understand what the underlying issues are that are constraining those solutions to come to the table I mean if you take the community issue for example the mine has made major strides in that there's a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of work still to be done I recognize it so I don't disagree with us and there but to say that we, do, we haven't done anything is, is patently wrong there's a lot of work that can still be done but we can only do it if we work together and we are very keen to work together with the community the community leaders with government and all players and stakeholders. Well, let's uh, read what you're saying on Twitter, and then we will go to the phone lines as well. So, Bruce and Gift, hold on. Uh, Jimmy writes on Twitter, often the social labor plan is ignored in these discussions. The focus is always on the state, unions, and the mining houses. Uh, Siegfried Hennig writes, uh, how can we clear the gap from 5,000 to 12,500 in a month, and how do we end murderous terrorization of workers um, and Spiwan Kezidan asks the solution is simple, he says, just remove the layer of greedy politicians who have infiltrated the mining sector let's go on to our phone calls then Bruce is holding on in Randburg, hi Bruce you've got a solution yeah, for morning, us guys. Uh, look, I'm going to make a point that may seem a little bit controversial and insensitive but the question we need to the real question here is if the profitability and the productivity of the mines is less than the expenses, you have to restructure. And by restructuring, I mean, uh, I mean retrenchment. I know there's external factors. We understand the global markets, commodity prices are down. The problem with retrenching is that the trade unions are completely intransigent around this point. They refuse to budge. So, without which, my point is really a simple one. I like your guess, maybe answer. How does any large company that's running at a loss address this? without making retrenchments. I know you can make some cosmetic changes, you can reduce mm-hmm. the big bonuses that people claim on directors, but at the end of the day, without me- mechanizing and making retrenchments, how would you fix basic profit and loss? Thank you. Bruce and Randberg, thanks for your call. Once again, if you'd like to call in 891 and continue sending your SMSs to 34701. Just a short selection here, Mohadi in Rustenburg writes, cheap migrant labor still prevails in the industry, and until that stops, there won't be peace. And David Mtunzi Mbato writes, the Royal Buffalo King don't want the alien miners who are from the Eastern Cape and Lesotho to permanently settle, hence the shack's involvement. That's uh, David Mtunzi Mbato. Let's look at more solutions. Now, I, I know that one of the things that was being proposed was an independent government body. Is that, is that something that we need in the industry, Mike? I'm not sure. Um, I think there, there are very, very good leaders uh, on all fronts, in the community, uh, in, in management, in government, uh, all ready and capable of doing a, a great job. We need to get together, and that's why I said to me the issues about people here. I mean, we can go into the details of a lot of technical issues, but until such time as we sit down and honestly look at the issues and acknowledge where we have failed uh, and, and take up our respective responsibilities and, and stop this blame game, we're, we're not going to move forward. 
forward. Well, is Bruce right when he says we need to completely restructure the industry? We need to admit that the, the industry is failing, it can't run at losses, and it needs to retrench and rehire based on technology needs? I would suggest we should reword that. You know, restructure conjures up all sorts of negative mm. sentiment, and I would rather say that we have to make a change. We can't do what we did in the past, whether it be in terms of employment practices, whether it be in safety, whatever. We all acknowledge that. We have to change. But change requires the parties to get together to agree what those changes should be and how they can be done to minimize the, the detrimental effects, whether it be employment, whether it be uh, whatever. And I think there are solutions. We don't necessarily have to talk about job losses. We can talk about retraining and reemployment and, and various other things which are positive. So, yes, he's right that we have to change. We can't continue to do what we've done in the past. It's just not, it's not sustainable. Daniel, what do you think about this? Uh, do, do we perhaps need a, a state mining company that employs more people and, and gives preferential treatment because gets preferential treatment to explore and develop in South Africa? I mean, I think it's something that needs to be explored in detail because um, there needs to be some sort of um, state regulation over the practices that the large mining corporations have been continuing to conduct over the years. Um, the conditions haven't gotten worse or haven't gotten better. Um, you know, it's 2013 and they're dealing in unsafe, squalid conditions, being underpaid, and this simply just is not um, the way that a, an emerging economy should operate. Um, they need to make reforms in that area, and if that requires the state to take control of part of the industry, then, then they need to explore those possibilities. Kuseni Dlamini, do you think that would shake up the industry or just hurt it? Yeah, I think I think you can't decouple the South African industry from the global mining industry. Mining, by its, its very nature, is very global. We need to deal with the real issues. I know that I mean, there's been a big debate about the state-owned mining company nationalisation this country, and we know what where the ruling party stands. And, and, and I think the, the key issue on that is that a state mining company would help to retain the profits in the home country, in South Africa, which is the, the common criticism of, of the other mining companies, is that the profits go to your shareholders overseas. It's good we already have a state-owned uh, mining company, and uh, we have to s see how it uh, plays itself out. It certainly may be a positive force for good, but it can't just be the only player in the mining industry because you'll be shutting a very important industry from the rest of the global investor community uh, that South Africa may be the loser in, in as far as that is concerned. We have to deal with the real issues rather than to try and avoid them. As a mix in the mining industry, a state mining company as a player taking more charge perhaps and together with the private players, is that a, a mix that we can afford? It's, it certainly can be something that we can try and see if it works, uh, have a hybrid model of some sort. Uh, and uh, just make sure that the, 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 the playing field is level, the rules of the game are, are fair and equitable, and I think that's the key thing that investors will, will look at. And uh, we must not forget that the way we conduct our affairs in mining also impacts on the overall rating of South Africa by the rating agencies and will also impact on how the World Competitiveness Report uh, views us in their next uh, report that they will issue. Those, those are important issues. And, I, I read and, and Dashen? Yes, Daniel. Uh, excuse me, I just wanted to jump in. Sure. Um, and uh, I, you know, I agree completely that there is no chance to just have one single state-run industry in any industry, any business, if you have one person that has a monopoly over things, whether it's government-regulated or not, um, it ensues corruption. So a hybrid model would be the only solution. There has to be competition in the market. Otherwise, it brews uh, a scenario of corruption in general. 
Um, so any solution would have to be hybrid. But I think that there's an opportunity, especially in the platinum industry, because South Africa does hold um, such a corner on the market in platinum, um, in platinum that they can they have the power to um, alter it through a hybrid system. Well, Kuseni, I know that we have to let you go soon. You do have to leave in, the, in a couple of minutes. But uh, before we let you go, I know that you wrote a letter recently and you said there were four solutions that you outlined. I know now we're talking a little bit about the number of solutions that exist out there. And perhaps, as Daniel said, it's a hybrid solution that we need to find. W- would you like to leave us with what you think is the solution? And we'll ask our, our listeners and our guests what they think. Yeah, I think the key thing, the issues that you are facing now are largely around leadership and management and union relations. We need leaders and managers to manage effectively and lead effectively. We need trade union leaders to unite workers rather than divide them around the compelling sense of common purpose that are going to, which is going to help them deal with the issues that they face. And thirdly, I think we need government to create an enabling environment for the industry to be globally competitive. And we need to start reinventing the South African mining industry from what it is viewed as now as an industry that's uh, in, in crisis. We need to give hope. We need to project a positive image for it. I believe that can be done. Kuseni Dlamini, former head of Anglo-American South Africa's operations and the uh, former chairperson of Richards Bay Coal Terminal. Thank you so much for joining us, Kuseni. Thank you very much indeed. He was, uh, of course, in our Pretoria studios. We do appreciate his time. We still do have uh, both of our other guests online, Mike Rousseau, the uh, chairperson of the Energy Intensive User Group, and Daniel Donovan joining us in the United States. He's an external consultant at Consultancy Africa Intelligence. Let's go through some of the SMSs, and if you'd like to dial through now, 891 We'll get into the last round of callers. But let's have a look at what you're saying on SMS. Uh, this one says, change is imminent. All parties must agree on best everlasting solutions. From Sapiwo Brukwe in Johannesburg. Uh, James asks, why doesn't the government tax the large companies by 10% less and pass it on to the workers? Uh, this one writes, um, it's crazy that people have to work in hot, dangerous conditions underground. Mines must mechanize and people become small-scale farmers. Uh, Bob writes, uh, Darshan, three things will solve unemployment, poverty and mining, and their value-adding, upstream mineral processing and beneficiation. Stop selling the family jewels, writes Bob. Let's go on to the lines then, 891 Jonathan's been holding on for some time. Hi, Jonathan in Cape Town. Good morning to you guys. Um, I have a fairly topical quote. It's from a book written by Alan Payton called Cry of a Beloved Country. It was first published in 1948. And on page 159, it says, What is it worth, this mining industry, if it cannot support the poor? Um, It carries on to say, they say that higher wages will close the mines down. So then what is it worth, this industry? And must, must we be kept poor so that others can be kept rich? Now, my point is that never in the history of Africa has the benefits of mining trickled down to the poor people in any country, and that's in 1948, and my suggestion is that those same words can be applied to last year's tragedy at Marikana. Nothing has changed, and I really believe that it is time that Africans stood up and stood up against the rape of Africa and her resources by foreign-owned companies. Jonathan, I just want to get this clearly before you leave. Are, are you suggesting that mining should be a zero-profit industry, that there should be no profits made because you're paying workers what they deserve, what they need, and you're responding to the needs of the community around it? 
Absolutely not. I believe that it has got to function as a business and there must be the incentive for people to continue to operate a business, but that the profits must be far more equitably distributed than they have been historically ever in mining in Africa. The people that are doing the work must also profit from it and particularly when, when one is looking at enormous flows of capital out of this country to the detriment of Africa. Jonathan in Cape Town there. Daniel, do you think this passes our test of a, a sustainable solution in the mining industry? I'm sorry, did you ask me? Yes, Daniel, uh, in terms of what the, the caller was saying there, but it, it doesn't have to be a zero-profit industry, just reduce profits so that they respond better to the needs of the people and the needs of the communities around it. Yeah, I think um, that that could be a theory that would pass from industry to industry, um, corporate greed has become rampant across the globe. Um, outsourcing it from certain countries has um, led to economic collapse. And I think in general, uh, there needs to be more of the old um, old way of giving more back to the workers, um, you know, more of the middle 20th century, giving more back to the workers. I think it's too much of industry in general is too cutthroat and the workers are the ones that suffer and unfortunately they're the ones with the least amount of power. Mike, you were in the industry for some 30 years in, in mining. You were an engineer as well as in managerial roles. Do you think uh, this would be an appealing idea to a company say, well, let's make reduced profits? I think <clears throat> this discussion, quite frankly, uh, uh, is, is, is looking at the issue from, from, from a so-called empty glass perspective. Uh, let's get the facts straight. You know, comments have been made that lo enormous amounts of cash leave the country. Uh, that's not true. The bulk of, the, of the, the revenues generated in mining are retained in South Africa. And if you want the facts, I'm very happy to give you the details. But the fact is the bulk of the revenue stays in the country, whether it is in the procurement of services, whether it is in the basic employment of people, whether it's paying taxes, whatever. So let's get the facts straight. The, the, the largest lion's share of revenues from, from, from mining stay in the country and always have. Secondly, comments have been made that the people have never benefited from mining. And, and I don't want to comment on what the situation was in 1948 because I wasn't there. But I can tell you this much. I've grown up in mining towns around this country from KwaZulu-Natal, the free state, and, 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 and uh, 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 in the Gauteng area. And I can tell you this much, that a significant uh, upliftment of the people uh, in South Africa have benefited uh, from from, from, from mining. Let's just consider. Johannesburg would not be here without mining. Richards Bay would not be here without mining. Neither would Rustenburg. And all these towns, yes, there is poverty. Yes, there are things that have to be addressed. But that doesn't mean that mining doesn't benefit them. So one of the things I would suggest we have to do for a sustainable solution is let's get the facts on the, on the table, guys, and then we can debate the facts rather than these uh, antiquated perceptions. Daniel, do you think we're not being honest when we talk about the challenges? Um, I mean, I completely agree with Mike. I don't think South Africa would be in the um, economic position that it, is, that it is today without mining. I mean, mining was the foundation that led to uh, major infrastructure builds um, that led to South Africa being the leader on the continent. Um, so I 100% agree with that. Um, you know, but, I mean, I think in the end to say, you know, continue to say that, oh, everybody just needs to talk to each other, um, it obviously hasn't worked. There's voices that aren't being heard, and then there's things that happen like at Maricana where, you know, 44 people are killed over something that needs to be solved in a completely different way, especially for a, a continental leader. And so I think it needs to be a balancing act between the government, the mining industries, and the workers, and all parties need to be considered equally.
Walisi well, is uh, calling in from Mpumalanga. He's asked, why the exorbitant salaries for the boss? Hi, Mwalisi. Yes, sir. Uh, you are speaking then to a boy from Pumalanga. I'm asking a question like then. Why then these uh, analysts, are they not talking about the exorbitant and salaries that the CEO and affairs themselves? Because I'm saying this uh, from my experience, because I'm working in the mining industry and then I'm leading then the union. When you want to review then the job rating system, then they jump and springboard. And why then these analysts, are they not only then actually then talking about the very observed prices, like I'm saying, that is your thing themselves. Instead of saying, look, then actually then the unions are demanding then uh, 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 60% and so forth. Why are they not then specifically then talking about the salary that is your thing themselves? Well, you see, calling in from Pumalanga. Great question there. It's uh, five minutes to nine. I wish that question came in a little bit earlier on, but uh, let's try to deal with that as we wrap up the show. I'm going to give both our guests an opportunity to give us their closing thoughts. Perhaps they'd like to respond to your thoughts as well, uh, there, Walisi. But, uh, Daniel, perhaps I can start with you. Do you think we've actually managed to, to find some solutions? I, I've been trying to write down some of them, and um, you know, I'm not sure if, if all of them are workable or if, or if any of them are. Uh, I know we said a hybrid solution would, was what was needed, so not a single solution, but we talked about reducing profits in the industry, increasing the leadership, the num- amount of talking that's being done by managers, by unions, by those in government. We're talking about increasing the involvement of the community that's around the mine, um, and also openly discussing the issues, being honest about what the issues are facing us. Do you think there's anything else we're missing out? Um, I mean, I, I, I really want to emphasize, I really think the, the government of South Africa needs to um, use the chip that they're given more, especially in the platinum industry, in the fact that they hold so many resources. Um, there's competition in gold, there's competition in diamonds and other minerals, but for platinum, uh, inevitably, large mining companies have to stay in South Africa, and I think that's a power play that needs to be um, struck by the government to um, bring everybody back to the negotiation table. Um, you know, I, I think that there w- will have to be a hybrid solution. There's no way total nationality would would work without competition. Uh, but also the corporations need to budge, and the corporations need to realize that they need to take care of their workers. They need to make sure that their workers are not working in unsafe conditions or underpaid or living in squalid conditions. Um, all of these things need to be considered um, before any sort of deal is going to be struck, but I think South Africa needs mining, and I think mining needs South Africa, so something will get done. Daniel Donovan, the external consultant at Consultancy Africa Intelligence. Daniel, thank you for joining us over the past hour. I know that you're waiting to get to bed, I'm sure. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Dashin. Great, good to speak with you in the wee hours of the morning. I think it's around about six, 3 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning where Daniel is in Colorado. Mike, you've been in studio. Thank you for, for joining us you're here. Welcome. We appreciate you coming into our Auckland Park studios. Your closing thoughts, other aspects that we've missed out in the solution? Yeah, in summary, four things. <clears throat> One, we've got to get the facts on the table. We must not argue about facts. Are we continuously arguing about facts, and it's not helpful when we get to a solution space. So firstly, let's get the big facts on the table so that we don't ever have to debate them again. Secondly, let's agree where we'd like to be by when, and I think these things have already been done to a large degree with collaboration from the players. So number two, let's agree where we want to be and by when. Only then do we have a look at the solution space, because we're continuously jumping in the solution space about policies and government changes when, in fact, we haven't done the first two items. But nonetheless, let's put all the solutions on the table. 
And once we've done that, we pick the best one, and then we damn well implement it. We've got to implement once we've decided what to do. We can't have this issue when we decide something and then go back and try and redecide. So number one, let's get the facts. Two, let's decide where we want to be by when. Three, let's agree all the, the, the possible solutions on the table. And even this morning, we've identified a number of possible options, and I'm happy to look at all of them. And then lastly, let's implement the ones that we agree to implement. Mike Russo, thank you very much for joining us in studio. We've appreciated the hour that you've spent with us. And, of course, uh, to you at home who've sent us hundreds of SMSs and Facebook messages, Twitter messages, and your phone calls this morning, I apologize for not reading out all of them today. It is a difficult chance to get to all of the SMSs. So thank you so much for sending them in. Your thoughts, your comments, always very important on this show. We need to hear from you. You're part of the solution. How can we all be part of the solution? I guess that's perhaps part of the hybrid solution that we were talking about today. Thanks so much to our team. That's Lengiwa Mabaso, Misho Shandlale, Tracy Boomgaard. Our senior producer, Lungila Mabasa, Zinat Abdul, technical producer, Mark Preller, forum producers, Ronald Peary and Jake Mokomo, our chief producer, Buzi Lokota, executive producers, Busi Chane and Aubrey Sechia. I'm Darshan Midley. Thank you so much for joining us. You can do so again 6 to 9 tomorrow morning. I'll be here early again and waking up at 3 o'clock or before, if I can, because I'm from Durban and it's cold and I don't like it. At 30 seconds, it's your 9 o'clock bulletin after this. Bye.